Well, we're here for Novel Ideas, and it's Friday, January 16th of 2015, a new year. Looking forward to discussing many more great books. And we're... The book up for discussion tonight is The Shoemaker's Wife by Adriana Trigioni. A little bit longer, but anyway, it was, we had a little bit more time, so we can go around and see what everybody thought of the book. Well, since mine beeped, I, we really, I'll speak for me and Ruth Ann Kentuck. We, I liked it very, very much. It wasn't too long because I wanted to see how the saga, you know, these generations um, ended. And I don't remember all the characters. So, you know, I have to say like the, the son of um, Cheeto. I don't remember the, his son's name, but uh, he was a good guy. But anyway, I don't know what, you know, if we want to go on the plot, but I personally liked it. Let's see. If we hear down the road somebody who didn't, they can tell us why. Because it was a winner. It was kind of a family saga. It was a family it was saga. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is Alan. I really enjoyed the book too. It, I, I got confused. I didn't. I had forgotten we weren't meeting in December, so I actually finished it on December eighth. So it's it's been a while. Like like Bob said, I've forgotten all the all the characters too. But. Uh, uh, it was a very good read. I, uh, it was a little. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, a book Jeffrey Archer wrote years ago called Cain and Abel. Same same kind of family saga kind of thing that, that takes place over a couple of different generations. And uh, and and she just did a really good job telling the story and making the uh, the the plot interesting. So uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was very good. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also enjoyed it. And one one thing I did enjoy in this book. There's usually uh, quite a few characters in books that I don't particularly care for. But the only one that was sort of borderline was Chitto's uh, girlfriend uh, um, when he first came to New York. That Italian, I I can never, I couldn't pronounce, I'm like, what the heck is her name? Not Filippa, but I think maybe you know who I'm talking about. And uh, I didn't dislike her. But then there didn't seem to be any antagonists in this book, which was kind of interesting. And I liked the fact that it was kind of a family saga kind of thing. Um, I kind of, at first I'm like, oh boy, there's a whole lot of Catholic stuff in here, and I, which I don't particularly understand. But uh, I even got into that. And I don't mean that at all to be um, uh, offensive or you know, that kind of thing. But I really did enjoy the book, and Cain and Abel was the first book I ever read on the first generation stream. First one I downloaded from Bard. So that brings back good memories. I want to just add real quick, uh, Don Gregorio, the priest, was my uh, worst character, I think. Oh, that's right, him. I, yep, you're right. I really enjoyed this book, um, because I, I also love the intricacies of all the relationships. And to me, it was... I love long books. I love getting thoroughly engrossed in the character and the plot line. I just finished reading Cutting for Stone, um, which is also a real intricate tale of family drama and stuff. But I enjoyed it, and uh, I um, 
I particularly loved the way the author really kind of told you everybody's story and then at the very end brought everybody back together in that strong bonds of kinship. And I, I just, it was a beautiful story. I really enjoyed it. Um, Bob had asked about the characters and I don't remember all of them. I can't remember that girl that Chido was friends with when he first came to New York. That name's escaping me at the moment, but um, Eduardo was his brother, and we had the nuns in Italy, Ecolina, Sister Ecolina, Sister Dominica, Sister Teresa. She was the one that, when they first came to the convent, she was the one that fed them. And I think she was his favorite. Um, Sister Annabella was another one. And I think there was one that... mm, I think maybe those were the... Four... The other, the first three were the ones who were featured a lot in the beginning of the book. Then his mother was, their mother was Katrina, I think. Um, Don Gregorio, he was the priest, of course, and the bad boy in the, the book. <laughs> um... And then later, the shoemaker that he worked for um, and his wife, was it Raymond, I think? His wife was kind of difficult. She was miserly, but she at least took him in and she worked him to death, but... Um, then Enza, her father, um, oh, her father's name, oh, Marco and Jacqueline were her parents, and then her sister Stella was the one who died, and... When she came over to New York, her friend Laura, they ended up being best friends. And the cousin that she stayed with for a while, I think her name was Anna. Um, Laura and Luigi. Luigi was the one that came over on the boat with Chiro. And they went into business together. And she... And Lucia and Luigi's wife, Pepina, and Bob, um, Enza, and Chido's son was Antonio. Yeah, I'd say another bad person was the people that Enza stayed with. I think their last name was Bufa, Anna Bufa, and the two two uh, daughters-in-law was sort of like a Cinderella-esque situation there. Um, the girlfriend was Felicita, and I like the book. 
It was really good. I, the thing I liked the best, I think, was it took some twists and turns that I did not expect at all. But I did like it. Yeah, I was going to agree with Sherry. I, I really didn't like the the Anna Bufa because you know that was very rem- reminiscent of a Cinderella stepmother and stuff, and she was just horrific. Uh, talk about a cow that didn't want that that worked her like a like a slave and didn't want to do anything. And then they got mad at her because she left. Yeah, and well, basically, this is very common in those days that the fir- the first people that came, let's pick on Ireland. Or China was good. They would come and make it a little bit, and they would cheat the four the guys who came in after them. You know, well that's yeah. Bufa. She said, "I have a slave, an indentured servant. And I'm going to work her like a dog." And finally, Enza got out. I want to see what Jill has to say. But the um, the, the the highlight was the church. Boy, a typical woman. You know, uh, Cheeto says, "Hi, Enza," and I said, "She's gonna she's gonna go with him." And it's really fortunate that she did because Vito had about three or four divorces after that, and he probably would have divorced her as well. But it was uh, quite a highlight there when he, you know, she says, I'm going to go with you. He got the girl. Well, this is Sherry. I really liked the book overall. I thought it was really well written and very rich in its description of New York and and Italy and stuff like that. I liked the friendships between um, Luigi and Shiro and between, especially between Laura and Enza. I must say, though, the one thing I didn't like was the whole romance cliche stuff of her just missing him and then him just missing her and misunderstandings. And uh, I just find that whole romance cliche stuff pretty tiresome. I would have liked the book better if it would have told each of their stories separately and then maybe just had a meet and get married all of a sudden without all the background romance stuff. But I did really, really like the book. And like somebody else said, the ending was great with the bringing the families back together. And you found out what happened with Raymond and Carla. And then Antonio married, um, I'm forgetting the daughter of Chiro and Papina right now. Angela, Angela, they got married. That was kind of a surprise. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good book, but I, I must admit I could have done without some of the romantic stuff. I'm definitely going to yield to Jill here, but I like that part, that they were missing each other. The and that destiny happens in life sometimes. Kept them, and I've, I've, I had that in my, Well, you want to do it? Or no, what? you're doing fine. You can do it. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. In my sinful days, that happened to me. You, you like a girl and you missed her. It was until, it, sometimes it didn't happen. But the point I'm making is that personally I liked it. I, I didn't, maybe some would say it's predictable, but no, it wasn't really. But anyway, let's see what Jill has to say. Well, I have to admit, I read this book probably a year ago, and I didn't reread it for, for this group. And yes, overall, I, I really liked it. I have to admit, I liked it when they were in Italy if I remember correctly, that's where they were in Europe. I, I liked that part better than I liked it once I got to the United States. But overall, I liked the book. But I'm tr- I've been trying to remember and hoping that I would get it when the characters were, were named. There was a part of it that I didn't think was very realistic. And, and you guys can, since you just read it recently, you can bring me up to date or whatever you want to do. Um, it seemed to me that 
and I believe it was Laura and her friend, she and her friend Laura, who rose so high, so fast in the millinery department, whatever they were. I thought that was unrealistic, that they would have, you know, in those days, risen that fast and that high. That, that was the only thing that I remember feeling like, you know, that, that didn't ring true to me. Uh, other than that, yes, I liked the book. I didn't think it was the best book I ever read by any stretch. Uh, and I don't even know that I would read another book by this author, but I might. Well, I have to say that I, I, I enjoyed the romance part of the book. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a romantic at heart, and uh, uh, I, I don't like it when they they have them missing each other and they stretch it out for too long. But I, I didn't really feel like they did that too much in this book. And, and I do like it when... You know, the, the guy gets the girl and stuff. So uh, uh, I like that aspect of it. And uh, I thought uh, Laura Jana really did a really good job with the narration as well. Okay, oh, I agree on Laura Generelli and her She's pronunciations wonderful. and everything. She was wonderful. And But I think, too, the whole business, uh, how they got Caruso into the book when she <laughs> was working for the opera. And, and uh, you know, so they got real events kind of, into it and uh, but all of these things you know took time I mean like the 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 uh, years would you know suddenly six years had gone by and you know we weren't uh, hearing every single day of what went on but we it it, it went on and and because uh, they were you know many times uh, in that whole situation that Carla was kind of a manipulator she wanted the money and she'd do whatever she had to get whatever she could to get those people to to stay in the partnership even though Chio, Chiro and uh, and um, Luigi. Luigi wanted to go out on their own and uh, uh, I kind of enjoyed too that they that she came up this, they all went off to the um, uh, Iron Range in Minnesota. You don't usually hear of something like that happening, and went off to Hibbing, Minnesota, and and uh, how she managed to, you know, make it. You know how they managed to make everything work out there. And uh, like when uh, Chiro got sick and went to the mail, went to St. Mary's Hospital. Yep. And wound up with cancer, and because of the, the gas in the you know he was gassed in the war, and uh, it was uh, it was uh, I thought a very interesting book. I mean, it was good. But I want to add, if I can help, Jill. Yeah. I don't think I don't know how fast a woman rises in the fashion industry in design. Yeah. But it was six years where she was nothing, and yeah. then you know she was a slave almost for Bufa and worked in a was a factory, and yeah. and the nephew was a bad dude. He tried to rape her, but then he, he went out of the story. But then she got went to New York, so the years went by. So, but, but I know what you're saying. Well, wait a minute. I think you're concerned from six to maybe eight or ten years out, she did rise fast. Enza did. And Laura was okay, too, but Enza was the superstar with Caruso and so forth. So maybe that was a little contrived. I don't know. I thought Laura kind of rose because she married a guy that I forget his job in the company. I forget if he was the PR guy or he was the accounting guy, 
but he had risen in the company to be like the general manager, which of course Rose made her status rise too. Um, I, I did like the the romantic part where he stopped her at the church. I was reminiscent of the graduate or something, and that didn't seem contrived to me because he had gone and found out that she was going to get married that day, so it wasn't just some huge coincidence or anything. He actually found that out. And I agree with the people about Minnesota. That was a really interesting turn, and the, the whole thing of finding his father's legacy and stuff like that was really well written and well done. I have to agree with Jill. I kind of thought, wow, they rose quickly. Not not after she got out of there, and then all of a sudden, wow. Um, I said that there were some twists and turns that I didn't expect, and I'll go ahead and, and bring that up. I really expected Chiro and Inza to live a long, good life and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I never expected for him to die. But she really did good. It, it really helped that she was independent before she even married him. So she really did good after his death. And it seems to me her son did well and um, married Angela. And Which, of course, that was a twist, too. Because um, Betsy was in the um, beginning of, of his life, too. They were kids together, I, uh, ice skating or roller skating. And then so you, I, I thought he was going to marry her. And then I think, what is it? He went to war. I like the twists and turns. I like it when a book has twists and turns that I don't expect. I'm like, oh, okay, yay. It just keeps you reading and wondering, okay, where's it going to go? Yeah. We haven't heard from Carla and Dawn Queen yet. Does anybody want to, either of you want to say something? Well, I sort of have a little bit of egg on my face because, again, I didn't finish the book. And um, what happened was, um, until I got the note from you, Randy, I didn't realize what book we were reading, so I didn't have enough notice to, to finish it, and I was doing grades this week. But that said, what I've read of the book, I'm really enjoying, and I will finish the book. Um, I really enjoy the character development in this book. And if I were to pick, somebody had said there wasn't any antagonist. If I were to pick an antagonist, at least from this point, it would be um, the priest, Gregorio. That was a terrible thing that he did. Uh, The touching part of the book um, for me um, has been the the various partings. um, When um, the mother... um, when Katharina had to give up her boys and took them to the convent and, and just sort of, you know, um, dropped them off because she couldn't take care of them. And then when the two brothers were saying goodbye, those kinds of scenes sometimes are sort of hard for me to take because it brings back memories of being dropped off at the boarding school, you know, at the school for the blind when I was um, three years old going on four. Um, and, not knowing when I was going to see my mother, and it was just, it just, I don't know why that whole, when, when I, when there's a scene like that, it just brings back um, all of that, that flood of memories. But that said, um, I'm liking the character development. I certainly like the narrator. She's doing a very good job in this book. And the, uh, of course, being a linguist, all the Latin and the Italian and um, all the language, uh, the languages that are creeping into it. And I'm going to be interesting to meet Carla. I don't think I've ever <laughs> met a character, Carla, in any book that I've read. <laughs> there aren't too many of me around, I guess. 
But, um, yes, I'm really enjoying the book. I think the Italian, I didn't understand it. Some of it I did, but the beautiful. What a beautiful language. And she made it, you know, sing. She, she just, it was musical and poetic, uh, Laura, the, the, the narrator. Really she she really made it. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but, oh, Angela, remember, loved um, Antonio in the way that Enza loved Cheeto. You know, it was kind of a, a twist there. I mean, they're going to get married. Angela, I've always loved him, so I want to marry him. You know, it was quicker. You know, they met in Laura's apartment then for a wild whirlwind week and then got married. Uh, but it was it just seems perfect, and I, I'm really happy that she, Enza got to go back to Italy. You know, that, that I just was surprised there that she almost died coming across, and, and she says, I can never go again because I'll die on the, on the, sail, the, on the ship because of uh, bodily issues or whatever. But they, they, Mom, they've invented pills. Sailors got as seasick as you did, and they, they fixed it. You go back to Italy with us. And I thought that was good. I thought Enzo was my favorite. She, she was absolutely courageous and a good girl. I don't think she had a fling with Vito before. I think he would want to, but she, uh, it intimates in there that she says, no, we're waiting till we get married. And that's pretty good. Yeah, that was good. And back to the language thing, I liked... I like the fact uh, that when they gave the uh, title uh, chapter titles, they gave it in English and Italian. I thought that was really cool. And uh, another part I really liked of the book itself was um, when Laura was in uh, visiting Enza um, in Minnesota, and she was, you know, didn't think that. Uh, oh, there I am with the names again. Oh, boy, that he was going to marry her, and she was getting ready to leave to go back to New York, and he showed up there in the shoemaker's shop and uh, proposed. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, I liked that, too. His name was Colin, and that was a nice touch. Another really beautiful thing was a quote in the beginning of the book somewhere where Chiro says, orphans have many parents, and he's referring to Iggy and... Sister Teresa and all the other people that were kind to them, and that was a really moving thing. Yeah, I got a little confused—not confused, but I thought it was—I guess it was a little convenient. But uh, this book, I thought it ended up going up into the '60s, didn't it? She kept talking about never being able to go back to Italy because of the uh, the problems she had on the boat. When they start doing commercial flights across the the Atlantic and stuff. I, I thought those had those went back a while, didn't they? Uh, surely they were flying during the time period this book was set. It ended right after the Second World War, right after Antonio came home. He came home and he didn't call his mother right away. He was at Laura's apartment and that's when he met Angela and they got married. So it was right at the end of the Second World War and the mid-40s. I think this is one of those times when, you know, narrators can make or break books, and I really think that the narration just added to the story, and it just, to me, it just felt like you were there in Italy especially, and 
New York too, but especially Italy because it was just such a different place and different times and it was that's one of the things I liked about the book and I I love family sagas like this and so it was I read it when it first came out two years ago <clears throat> and it just it's one of those books that stayed with me yeah, I'd agree com- completely that, that Laura Gianarelli's narration was great. Cause I got this book from Audible on a recommendation from somebody when it when it first came out. And I remember starting it. I don't remember who the Audible narrator was. And they usually have you know a good stock of uh, folks reading for them. But uh, it, it just didn't grab me. You know, I, I read a little bit of it, and I thought, eh, I got distracted and got on something else and never finished it. But uh uh, it was a lot easier to read the NLS version that Laura John really was was narrating because uh, I mean I, I, it just got grabbed a hold of me and just uh, uh, kept clicking. So uh, I, I thought she did a much better job than the Audible narrator. Well, I have to tell you, I actually read the book in Braille, so I didn't get the benefit of a narrator, and I still like the part in Italy better best. So. I mean, that made the most impression on me. So I think we have to give the author a lot of the credit because that certainly came through to me and I was just depending on the author. And I, I, I liked Italy as well, simply because I know a little more about New York and I didn't know about the Iron Range or whatever they call it. I mean, yeah, Minnesota was nice, but um, but Italy, it, it was an education. You know, the, the worst parish in the whole country you know, remember she said Gregorio's a mediocre priest. They stuck him in the corner here, and Sister Teresa said, "I want out of here, but God wants me to stay." But gee, I hope I could get out because there's so much more around here. Well, and also the the part of Italy that they were talking about was the northern part, which is usually not what we hear about with Italy. You think of the you know Rome and the the things in the south, and this was near the Alps, and you know. Where you know things are uh, different than in the uh, you know the southern, it, it, you don't hear about it as much. Yeah, my, I I like the part, and you, I don't know that you have to be Catholic to yeah. get it, but where Sister Dominica, I think it was her, said, "I'm going to lie to Father to get money for these boys to go to for Chido to go to America. I don't want them to go to the workhouse, but I'm going to lie, and you sisters don't tell. I don't, you know, I don't lie." Yeah, sisters would do that. My cousin, the nun, would never lie. She, she, or if she did, it would be a big stretch for her. <laughs> I think that was among many of my favorite parts is when he came back expecting to be in trouble with the nuns, and instead they were all rallying and contributing money to help him and stuff like that. That was awesome. I was, you were reading my mind. I was just going to say, how about those, the way those nuns conspired and swindled him out of money and lied to keep Chiro out of the work camps and out of the workhouse and get that money from Gregorio and and of course he ended up making good he ended up cuz yeah he got to be one of the high muckety mucks in the end unfortunately yeah, I like that part with the nuns, too. It was a, a bit reminiscent of the sound of music where those nuns uh, sabotaged the uh, 
the Nazi cars that were trying to to catch the vine traps. So uh, 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 right is right, uh, and if you have to bend the truth sometime, I guess you do what you have to do. Boy, that's true. And the Catholic Church is like other corporations. They had to do something with Gregorio, and they make him secretary to the cardinal. He'll be harmless. You know, he won't. You have a tougher time chasing these girls around. The, maybe you'll have an easier time. I don't know. But they had to do something with him. But yeah, I was sorry that he became so prominent. There's Don Queen here, too, who hasn't spoke. I thought they were going to poison his food. I wish they would have. Just kind of like the sound of music when they uh, flatten the tires and stuff. That would have been kind of cool. Okay, not poison his food, but at least he did something. Let's get Don on. Don, did you finish? I, I think I told you about it, but I don't know if you finished it. No, I actually didn't get it started. I was going to read it and didn't, so I thought I'd... I just read a little bit of it, and so I thought I'd see what the book was like. Darn, Don, I was hoping you would finish it, because I'd, I've noticed something in there, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I went back and replayed it to just see, and this is going to sound really petty, but Antonio graduated... They made a point of saying he graduated in 1940, and then he went to war immediately and went overseas in the fall. Well, we didn't go to war in World War II till December of 41 after that. So I think those dates were wrong unless she meant to say he, I don't know, just went for basic training or something. But she's, I specifically played that back to see if it was just me. or. But in any case, that's a very minor thing in, in such a great book. Don, didn't they, but didn't they, um, didn't Roosevelt start drafting even before the war? Am I correct on that? And uh, Antonio went into basic training. It takes a year to get a guy ready to go overseas sometimes. But I, I thought the draft started before the war because the drums of war were there and Roosevelt wanted to get into it anyway. But I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. I think the draft did start before the war. I think he signed up. But, yeah, I think you're right about that. And maybe that's it. Maybe it just took him a year. But she's, I think she specifically said he went overseas in the fall of 1940, which would have been too early to go anywhere but basic training in the States. But, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. Well, he, <clears throat> the draft was passed in, I think, 1939. So, but he certainly wouldn't have gone overseas unless it was in the Navy, you know. Uh, and they were, they were at war on, in, the, in the Atlantic. Yeah, he wouldn't have gone overseas till certainly after Pearl Harbor. And that would take a while to get them over there. And that's interesting. I have to go back and replay that now. But, I mean, I didn't mean to detract from the book, though, because I think it was an awesome book overall. And it just was so well written and so rich. I actually would look for another book by this author. No, no, you're not detracting because I do that, too. I'll count. Or they'll say, three years later, when she's 19, and wait a minute, that make her 22. What do you mean? So, I no, that doesn't detract from the book. No, I agree with Bob, Sherry. You didn't. I, I, I kind of look for that, too. It's like, hey, wait a minute, you know. Um, oh, I thought, forgot what I was going to say now. No, you didn't detract from it. I've done the same thing. But I'm going to have to go back to that part now, now that you mention it. I've tried to read other books by this author, but that's been since I read this one. And I just couldn't get into them so it'd be interesting to see if you can but she's written a big stone gap series and i don't know this one was so good 
it's like that with some authors for me, though. I read one book that's really good, and the others are terrible in comparison. <laughs> no, Sherry, I, that, that's a good point, I, I, and I miss that, but I, I normally look for stuff like that, too, because, uh, well, I mean, let's face it, December 7th, 1941, is kind of like a, a day etched in stone for us, so uh, uh, we're going to notice stuff like that, so uh, uh, I have to go back and, and, and see what you're talking about, too. Just an aside from what Alan said about Audible, uh, I did that with Gone Girl. I got Audible with uh, Gone Girl. Some guys, I didn't like the reader, he, the Nick one. And then I read Eric Sandvold, and I think he used the same girl that Audible used, and they fit beautifully. I thought Eric did a beautiful job reading that one of uh, Nick. But uh, sometimes Audible does very well when they get Dick Hill and guys like that. I actually am glad I didn't do Audible for this one because I was thinking of doing that. I'm glad I didn't because you're right. Laura Generelli is just great. Any book she narrates, she's great. Also, Randy, I totally know what you're saying about when you read a good book by an author and you try and read another one, it just doesn't go. Um, That's what happened to me in... Um, with another couple of books I was reading. There was one of the books I read, and it just, honestly, I, I, it was an awesome book. And then I read another book, and it's like, uh, wow, I can't get into this one. There's a couple of readers just aren't very good on there, <laughs> I think they ended up on some of the history books. Don, do do listen to Laura Generelli, even if you don't finish, just to get the feel. You know, it's, it's lilting. It's and she's doesn't sound as cheesy. She doesn't seem young. Just very mature woman. It was very good. It was, and Enza was a woman ahead of her time. I thought just the way she handled situations and the way she thought things through and just stepped up to the plate and did what she needed to do and you know um, when Cheeto was sick and she insisted that he go back to Italy and make peace with hit the past and try to find his mother and just the letters that she wrote to people and just very much very thoughtful and just ahead of her time for some of the things that she did. Yeah, I agree with you, Randy. And I especially liked how she treated Shiro early on. She wasn't playing these flirtatious, hard-to-get games or anything like that. She told him straight out, this is what I expect you to do, and I'm not going to chase you, and if you don't show up, then that's it. And she laid it right out on the line for him, laid her feelings out and everything at great risk to her own personal you know, happiness and stuff. She was very honest with him, and that was, I think, very admirable of her. Well, and uh, we had a great chuckle on that. Some wives would have screamed for like three years after that party. He's flirting with that girl, dancing with her. And then he went to play cards. She says, no, I, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to get you the biggest wedding band in the town. And the whole world will know who, that you're mine and I'm yours. And I thought, wow, she's an old soul. She knew how to handle it. That 
was one of my favorite parts. It's like, you go, girl. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, I can think of so many people. My sisters-in-law would have been screaming if my brothers did that, but and they would never let them forget it. But and uh, she just quietly says, well, we're going shopping for a wedding band tomorrow, a big one. And it's yours. <laughs> that was That was great. And certainly, Carla's right as usual. The, the characterization was very well done. I mean, I it feel was. like I know all... Oh, I wanted to say that, um, you know, I know that they missed each other, and I hear Sherry when she says that. But part of it wasn't Cheeto's fault. He went and asked Bufa, where is Enza? Oh, she went back to Italy, you know? And he, so he figured it was over. And then she, of course, Enza reminded him about, you never wrote to me. But you were supposed to be in Italy. You know, and so it was circumstances that always kept them apart. Yeah, and I like the part, too, when he went back to Italy and he got to see his mother again and reconnect with his brother and make peace with all that and find out. Then when And one of my other favorite parts was when... Enza had the tombstone made for his father and had it put in the cemetery. And then she drew the picture of it, traced it, so that when he went back to Italy, he could give it to his mother. He was angry at his father all of his life until that tombstone thing. And then he started crying. You know, he... he he was angry because he died, went up and died, you know, in the mines. And it was so beautifully, uh, so beautifully handled. Absolutely, that was a highlight. Well, you talk about healing. I don't think he ever would have healed without that tombstone. That was a really ingenious idea. She had a lot of, like you said, she was a woman ahead of her time. She was very thoughtful, very intelligent, very independent. And I loved it when she got mad at him when uh, all of a sudden from out of nowhere in this picnic, oh, yeah, Luigi and I are just going to put our businesses together. And she's like, oh, no, you don't. She handled it very well, you know, while they were there. But in the room, she's like, oh, no, you don't. You don't think I know what you're doing. Oh, I know what you're doing. You think I can't take care of myself? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I just, um, I think that was one of the, the all of the things that Enza did uh, throughout the book. Those, it, she really was a woman of total self-confidence, and so she didn't need to, she didn't need to be loud and brash. She didn't need to be mean to people. She didn't need to be spiteful because she knew who she was, and she knew that from a very, very early age, and her father and her mother instilled in her that and, and gave her responsibilities, and, um, and she just demonstrated throughout her life that she was a woman of honor and a woman of, of real um, integrity and totally self-confident. Liz, forgive me. I'm going to be an engineer. It sounds like your mic's on top of your computer. But I could be wrong, so I'm not going to waste this good discussion to it. But uh, your point, I heard some of it, but my hearing, you don't want to depend on that. 
It's good. Yeah, I heard some of it, but I lost the end. But most of it came through, and we can always improve it on the recording. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a big hum that kind of comes through with your with your voice, Liz. I don't I don't know. Uh, I am no technical person, so I don't know what could be causing it. But uh, just FYI. No, I'm going to be quiet. I, I never like it when guys do it to me. So I'm not going to, I'm done with that. But Randy, a good book, a good selection. And um, personally, I can't think of any more to add here, but maybe others can. Just a great book, great read. I'm just checking, is this better? Because I was actually using a Bluetooth headphone with an inline mic, so that may have been the problem. Is this better? I can hear you better. There's a little bit of a hum still, but I can hear you a lot better than I could before. Did Stella, the little girl, did she have leukemia, do you guys think? Because I'm thinking that because of the bruises and, and I don't know about the fever, but the bruises? Or was that, what do you guys think? I'm thinking leukemia because of the bruises. And I was wondering about the fever too. I don't know if well, it is cancer, and it is, uh, you know, uh, so I imagine fever would be involved. But um, that's that was my thought on the whole thing, that Stella had leukemia. And, Liz, yeah, your, your inline mic sounds uh, sounds better. The, the hum's still there, but we can hear you better over it, so that's, that's good. Is there, um, are there any ideas on how to improve it? Um, are people using, because I'm using just the built-in mic in my computer, is there, like, handheld mics, are they better? You're coming through better. We're glad you're here. That's the main thing. Um, you know, I thought of leukemia, but what about scarlet fever? Would that do? It took her so quickly. I think don't with scarlet fever, don't you have, uh, like, um, bumps? Uh, like red, you know, uh, like, well, com- comparing to measles. I don't know for sure, but th- that's what I always thought, that... Um, you broke out in a rash with scarlet fever. Does anybody know? And it did take her awfully fast. I mean, that seemed kind of strange because it seemed like, you know, they were at the lake having a good time and swimming and everything, and and Enza noticed the bruises, and then, boom, the next thing you know, uh, the priest is there, and she's on the couch or whatever, and, uh, you know, and she's dead. That That seemed awfully, awfully fast. I don't really know. That wasn't developed very well, but I guess I was under the impression that it was leukemia as well, just because of the bruising and the nosebleeds. I think it, was, it wasn't their nosebleeds, um, but um, uh, you know, acute leukemia can take people really quickly. And remember too that this is a long time ago. So um, Stella, you know, probably may may have in fact had the illness a long time before the the acute phase came on and, and really took her that quickly. And they didn't have, you know, a lot of money to bring in. I mean, it was just a long time ago. They didn't have the treatments available and stuff. So, I have no idea about uh, the the Stella uh, disease stuff, but uh, I, I will say that I have the, the best luck with USB uh, headsets and USB microphones. I think they're they're the easiest to do at least at least on my old windows xp computer i, I guess i sound all right i, well, I can't hear how i sound but uh, uh as far as getting things configured and stuff with mics and stuff i've just always had better luck with usb stuff um 
Elizabeth, I agree with you. I think I was thinking too that maybe she had had it, and you know they just didn't notice. There were so many kids, and Enza was you know the one to take care of them all basically, and she was young herself. So yeah, I I I was under the assumption leukemia because of the bruises, and then when it took her so quickly, I thought, okay, well maybe she had it, you know. Prior, and they just didn't notice it, and that's when, you know, the bruises were bad enough that, okay, (laughs) who hit her? (laughs) That's one part of the book I don't remember as well. I remember them burying her and the whole town turning out and and Chio digging the grave and meeting Enza, but that part somehow escaped me but I really didn't think about it it just happened so fast I guess yeah they they were having a picnic by the lake everybody's happy and suddenly she sees the bruises and it gets worse it's downhill that was it and Stella played the part of again getting Cheeto to meet Enza you know sad as it was he was a grave digger and uh, there you go and Iggy Iggy was a great character he he looked out for both boys and kind of filled that mentor, that father role in a way. He was a good guy. He was a really good guy. She did really good with a lot of, like, secondary kind of characters. I mean, like, Papina, Luigi's wife, was just a really nice person. And, and even, like, Raymond and Carla, even though Carla was certainly, you know, after money, she still, you know, would have done anything to stick up for Chiro and Luigi as far as that goes and help them if they needed it and stuff. She did, her secondary characters were really good. I, I think Laura was probably my favorite secondary character. Laura was great. I loved her. Conchita marries a doctor, remember, and goes off and has four kids with them. So they got rid of her, but it, it, uh, that was um, Cheeto's first love. But she says, no, you're just a country boy. You're nothing, you know. Well, he was uh, making and, out with a priest. Well, I know that, too, but she, he sees her later. Yeah. And she says, no, she scorns him. What's next on the list, Randy, unless you guys have something else to add here? Anybody else have anything they want to say? Okay, well. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> Oh. Okay. No big deal. Um, the other one that I had in mind, and I actually had thought you you would probably be doing that one, Sherry. So it's no big deal. But anyway, I have another one in mind. It's total opposite. <laughs> um, Emily Richards, an author that I started reading last year. I've read quite a few of hers and she does write a lot of series but the book that I have that I'm thinking of is um there's this is it's a first book and it's a first book and there's only another one after that but it's not one of those it's part of a 10 book series like Shenandoah the Shenandoah Valley Shenandoah album series, which is one that I read and loved. But um, it's Whiskey Island, 
and I have the DB number. I need to look it up, though. Hold on. Um, could you also give us the general premise of the book when you look it up? Um, but one that I've been thinking about, and I think I mentioned this one to you before, is um, Girl in Translation, um, which um, I'm in the process of reading. I keep putting it down to read the other books for the various groups, but it's DB73069, and it's it's a wonderful book. Um, um, in about this girl that, you know, she immigrates to the United States and, um, you know, she's Chinese and she's, you know, they, they go to work and shop and it, it's just a, it's just a really good book, um, and talks about her education and everything. Another really well developed family characters, things like that. And I'm hoping sometime the group will read this book so I have somebody to discuss it with whenever I finish it. <laughs> As I say, I keep putting it down to do the book group books, but I think you might enjoy that one, too. This one is, it's Whiskey Island, and it's by Emily Richards, and it's DB58098. And it's a family story. It's about three sisters. It's 15 hours 15 hours and 7 minutes, so 15 hours. It's read by Martha Harmon Pardee. And <clears throat> it starts out with a carjacking. Carjacking brings ex-priest Niccolo Andriani into the lives of Megan Donahue and her sisters, Peggy and Casey, owners of Cleveland's Whiskey Island Saloon. And there's the annotation doesn't do it justice because there's a lot that goes on in this book. There's the father um, has different things going on with him that really affect all three of his kids, and he's in and out. There's and there's a lot of family drama and secrets and other things that go back through the generations. Emily Richards writes mostly family stories and really develops characters and relationships well. She was she is or she was a family therapist, so her, she develops her relationships and her characters very well. And this is actually, there's a, a sequel to this book, but um, this first one, I think in some ways I like, well, I like them both, but I thought this would be a good one. Does this take place in the present? And when you answer that, I think we should do both books. Do Whiskey Island and then Girl in Translation, because Carla recommends good books, I'm telling you that. So I think we should both in the next two months. We've got them laid out. But let's see if it takes place in the present. Yeah, it does. It goes between the past and the present, and but it's again, it's not one of those books that when you go in... She's one of those writers like... Um, 
Christina Baker Klein, Orphan Train, and some of the other authors we've read where the past and the present blend together so well that it's easy to put them together. And if you ever get a chance to read the Shenandoah album series, that's another great series that does the same thing. She blends the past and the present very well. I'm downloading Whiskey Island right now, and um, uh, Carla, what is the, the DB number again for Girl in Translation, please? Okay, um, I believe Girl in Translation is DB73069, and uh, I don't know, somebody that is a little better than me at getting on the internet and simultaneously and talking to the group um, could um, read the short annotation for us um, in case you want a better description of what it's about but I, I'm really enjoying it and I, I just think it might be the type of book that you might enjoy and, and thank you for your undeserved compliment Bob I, I, I don't know I, I recommend books that I like but um, people may or may not like them but I, I find um, certain books good and I guess other people find other types of books good but thank you for your compliment uh, I'm going to go eat dinner whatever I watch the newswire but I'm going to download the whiskey thing and I have the other one 73069 so we'll be ready and Randy I assume I, I know there's multiple cities of the same name, but I never hear of many other Clevelands. This is Cleveland, Ohio, I assume, that Whiskey Island takes place in. Is that a real saloon? Because it calls it a historic saloon in the annotation. I don't know if it's real, but, yeah, it is Cleveland, Ohio. And, yeah, we can do this one next month, and, Carla, we'll do yours in March. And hopefully you'll be finished with it by then. <laughs> What is the DB number again? I missed a n- number off the other. 73069. Is that the one you're asking about, Dawn? Or are you asking about this one? This one. I'm short a number. It's 58098. I kind of thought that's what it was. 098. Thank you. I'm going to go download it now. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Randy, for great choices and a good discussion. I'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody, for a great discussion, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. It was great joining the group. Yeah, Liz, thanks for coming. Hope you come back, and uh, thanks, everybody, for their comments. And, Randy, uh, good choice. I very much enjoyed it. And, Jill, I'm hanging on if you want to talk about iPods. Thank you.